And there were just many things that have happened in my past that I've always felt like I needed to heal from. That right now I somehow was this sort of lesser version of myself because I had experienced all these things and I tried to heal in all these areas, but it felt like it never really truly was healed. Like there would always be that next layer. Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Caressa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. Hello and welcome to the very, very first Crystal Archives episode. I am really, really excited about this new concept. I've been longing to dive a little bit deeper into the world of crystals. And I've been lately really looking at crystals through the lens of creation. And doing this opens up a whole new world of understanding its properties. And there there really is poetry in the symbolism found here. So this was something that I've really been, yeah, diving into lately and wanted to share because I feel, you know, obviously there is the lens of looking at the crystals through the uh, chakra colors. I've recorded a podcast episode on this. Uh, It's one of the first ones. I think it's called Your Cheat Sheet to Crystal Healing. This really gives a very nice foundation from which you can explore. And yeah, the exploring starts here. So these episodes will really zoom in on one crystal. I will share about, uh, you know, the history, how it was formed into the earth and why it has certain properties. Like, why do we give these crystals these capabilities of, you know, like um, protection or communication or self-love? So There is so, so much to discover here. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper and understand a little bit more about the crystals that you use in your practice, this is the place to be. So for today's very first crystal archive, our crystal in ancient Mexican culture is called Itzli. And this means the god of stone. So it only seemed appropriate to start the uh, Crystal Archive episodes off with this stone. And today's jet black crystal isn't actually technically a mineral as it falls into the category of glass. We're talking about black obsidian. So black obsidian is also called volcanoes glass. And this is because of the way that it came into our world. So black obsidian is formed when a volcano erupts and the lava cools down so quickly that it can't form crystals. So it forms a glass-like structure. It's very, it can be very shiny if you have a very clear specimen. And this process can also happen when the lava suddenly comes into contact with water or air. So picture this, a hot glowing stream of lava 
erupts from the earth somewhere, you know, high up a mountain where, you know, really high altitude, it's super cold outside. There is snow on the mountaintops. The lava erupts from the earth in this ice cold place. And it really goes in a matter of seconds from one extreme, the super, super heat, to the other, which is the ice, ice cold. So you can imagine that the energy of this crystal that it carries, it is such an intense transformation, such, you know, really the energy of two outer sides. And it's a very, very strong, very, very powerful crystal because of this. You know, it's not this like slow, diffuse, soft crystal. No, it's like, bang, here we go. So to kind of go into the properties that this crystal has, it shields against negativity and it is deeply, deeply grounding. It forms a cord from the base chakra, so the chakra in your bum at the base of the spine, and it goes all the way, this this cord, this energetic line, all the way to the center of the earth. And, you know, this to me is poetry. Like, you can imagine that, you know, the symbolism in there, the crystal in energy, you know, it travels all the way from the core of the earth and it travels all the way from there up to the surface, up to, up into our world and, you know, to meet us here at the surface. And it's really that reminder of the connection to the Earth's core, to that, you know, power within and also our own core. As most black crystals, if you've listened to um, the episode I referred to earlier, you know this already, it absorbs negative energy and it blocks psychic attacks, which, you know, to me sometimes sounds a little bit woo-woo, but it basically means it protects you from people with bad intentions. And, you know, those black crystals in the crystal world, I really view them as the bouncers. You know, those guys that are standing outside of a bar or a club and they're like, we don't like your vibe. You are not coming in this space. This is it. This is the boundary. Done. And this crystal really, really also holds that energy. It brings clarity. It takes you back into your ancestral lineage, you know, really thinking about that deep, deep line that goes all the way deep into the earth. Also where, you know, in energy, our ancestral lineage is, uh, you know, when people pass, they, they are absorbed back into the earth. So it really also holds that energy of our ancestral line and to uh, heal all trauma. And, you know, because it is sort of like a black mirror, if you have a big, very clear piece, its reflective properties, they are also this gateway into showing you your shortcomings or blockages. In that way, it's really, you know, like brings that clarity. It's really a mirror that you can hold in front of yourself. And through that, it provides the support to travel really, really deep and, you know, heal those parts of the soul that want to be seen. And then when we look at the history of this crystal, it has been used mostly in ancient Mexican cultures. So the Aztecs, for example, they used the obsidian for scrying. It, it really used that reflective 
property of the obsidian. And you know, you might know this spiritual practice from Wiccan culture too. It is when people use a black reflective surface as a divination tool to look into the future. In the Mayan culture, obsidian was even used as a currency. You know, they didn't use gold to pay for things, but they used obsidian, which is really, really cool. And yeah, next to this, it was also used for artifacts, sculptures, beads, buildings, arrowheads, and axes as well. And, and those arrowheads and axes, they were known to hold magical properties. The fragments of the black obsidian can have like really sharp edges. So this is why it's being used also for these tools to defend yourself with. And today still it is uh, used in some surgical tools because it is so super sharp. When I was doing my crystal healer course with uh, Mariah K. Lyons, I learned that black obsidian hasn't always been used in the most pure ways. It's also been used by these ancient cultures in ritual ceremonies with, you know, bad intentions, performing so-called black magic. Yeah, really not having that pure, pure intention when working with the crystal. And now these kind of energies, they are always carried within sort of that overarching energy of a crystal family. So if we look at the crystals, you have every crystal has its own individual energy, but it is also energetically connected to that bigger family of all the crystals of this sort of species. And within that bigger, you know, overarching energy, it can still hold these, you know, not so pure energies like that is carried within that family. After learning this, I kind of felt an aversion towards the crystal, towards working with it, because I felt like the energy was somehow tainted in a way, like it wasn't pure, it wasn't good. Um, so I was like, I'll just use different crystals. And this is actually a really good transition into sort of my own experience with this crystal. This past year, I've done a lot of healing on some really old stuff that I've been carrying with me. I've had some really big family shifts and, you know, paired with many, many family triggers, really the creme de la creme of triggers. And there were just many things that have happened in my past that I've always felt like I needed to heal from. That right now I somehow was this sort of lesser version of myself because I had experienced all these things and I tried to heal in all these areas, but it felt like it never really truly was healed. Like there would always be that next layer. And as I've been learning, I've been looking at myself in a way of, you know, what if those things, those experiences that have happened to me, what if it doesn't mean that I'm always carrying this black energy with me? What if it means that, you know, I was just a teenager. I was just trying out different things. I was learning. I was finding boundaries. It doesn't mean that, you know, like I have to carry that sort of like darker energy with me every single day. And yeah, I really noticed that mindset shift within myself that maybe all these things can be a part of me. And then at the same time, I can also be this being of light. Like the darkness and the lightness can coexist. And I really believe this is the essence of shadow work to really fully see our darkness for what it is and how, 
how much deeper we can go into the darkness, how much deeper we can also go into the lightness. But at the same time, we got to live, you know, like don't get lost into that ever, ever, ever sort of like realm of healing. Like there's always the next thing. There's always this trigger. There's always this way of improving myself. But when do we actually live? When do we actually experience joy, you know? And yeah, as I had this shift sort of happen within me, I also noticed my relationship with Black Obsidian started to heal. You know, really accepting the darkness in her too and acknowledging her for the light that she can actually bring in this moment, even though, you know, the past hasn't always been the most pure. Like how how beautiful a crystal can really make that realization happen of like, hey, actually, when I accept the darkness in her, I can also accept the darkness in myself. And now I actually use it quite a lot in my crystal practice. You can often find black obsidian in sort of like the shape of an arrowhead or like these in these chips with sharp edges. Those are my favorites to use for cord cutting rituals. And in a cord cutting ritual, I will just stand up straight and envision, you know, sort of all those energetic lines that are attached to me from, you know, people and places and experiences, you know, like because we we go through our lives and there are so many things that we don't take that really conscious moment to detach from. So we're all carrying, you know, like this conversation that we have with a coworker and like this place that we really want to go to or this dream that we have that keeps sort of pulling us out of the present moment. So, you know, subconsciously we are connected through all these energetic lines with all these different sort of places, people, experiences, all the time. And this is, you know, feeding on our own energy. It makes so that our own core, our own center isn't as filled with energy as it can be. So what I do, I stand up tall. I envision all these lines. I really take a moment to feel, um, okay, where am I still attached? And then I take uh, the sharp edge of the crystal and I physically move it around my whole body to cut those lines to really (laughs) i'm doing it as i'm speaking as well obviously you can't see me but to really cut all those lines and it doesn't have to be you know like a forceful powerful cut it can be a loving cut you know like cutting that line and envisioning it going back in peace having that energy be for that thing And the rest of your energy that's connected to that can go back to your own core, can travel back into yourself. And as you are moving your crystal, you know, really moving it all the way in the front of the body, the back of the body, moving in any way that you want. Maybe you want to go underneath the feet, having really that full body experience and that transformative and protective energy of the black obsidian really is the perfect ally in this practice. You know, as I've been doing this with others, I've often heard that this practice is more effective than taking, you know, talking therapy lessons. And this is exactly why I love working with crystals so, so much, because it makes the untangible tangible. By doing this practice with, you know, the crystal that you can touch, you can hold it, 
is this symbol, this representation of an intention of a certain energy that you want to create. You know, like doing inner work, it, it is just that. Like a lot happens on the inside. But when we don't have that, um, you know, psychosomatic practice to really get the body involved too, it can often feel um, in disharmony. So, you know, using these crystals in this way, they have a way of making the energetic processes in our bodies physical. So our energetic and physical bodies can be in harmony. Our, you know, like our whole being can really feel like, huh, we've done this. Like, it's not just happened all inside of my mind. We have, you know, really made a big change in our whole energetic system. So... That's one of my favorite ways to work with the Black Obsidian. Please try it for yourself. It's really a transformational practice. Um, if you have any questions about Black Obsidian or if you have a specific way that you're working with it, like please, please send me a message on Instagram with Caressa. I would love to dive deep together and uh, really explore because, of course, how the crystal works with me is always going to be different than how the crystal works with your unique energetic system. Like we all respond to energies differently because we're not all, you know, like this exact same copy of an energetic human being. So yeah, I'm always super, super keen to dive in to see how we are all connecting to these energies. So please don't be shy. Send me a message. Let's continue the conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for being here for the first Crystal Archive episode. Please let me know what you thought of it. I am so excited to do more. If there are any crystals that you want me to dive deep into, then let me know. And I think we are all really going to enjoy, you know, hearing the stories about these crystals because they deserve to be heard. They deserve to be understood. And, you know, when we know the name, when we know the story, when we know really what is this thing, I feel like our own crystal practices can become so much deeper. Like we really feel like, you know, we're getting to know each other. It feels so much more intimate when working with the crystals. And when we have that energetic um, input from ourselves, you know, you're really spending your time, your energy to learn about this crystal. Of course, you're going to feel that back in the energy of the crystal as well. Like you are going to have such a stronger connection, such a much stronger interaction together. So let me know, keep me updated. I'm super curious to hear about you and see you for the next one. Speak soon.